Michael Mishu, who is the creative arts pastor for Bridgepoint Church. He's going to come and he's going to share with us this morning. He uh, worked with the team last night. He's going to be working with our worship team this afternoon. Uh, he leads a, a group of about 50 in your worship leadership team. Isn't that right? About 50 in the music side of things and about 70 in the production side of things. So, yeah. That's about as big as our church. <laughs> and so, uh, so what I want to do is I want to encourage you to open your hearts, your minds, to receive the word of the Lord this morning from this man of God and uh, let it, let it uh, hit its target in each and every one of us that God could do his work in us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Pastor Derek. I appreciate it. And um, I'm just so excited to be here with you guys this morning. I am, um, I'm having a little short man complex here with behind this podium. I, I hope everybody can see me, see me here. Um, but uh, my name's Michael. Like, like Pastor Derek was saying, I'm, I'm a creative arts pastor at Bridgepoint Church in St. Petersburg, Florida. And I want to speak to you guys this morning about worship. And uh, just as we go into this, if you could just help me out and let's give this team a round of applause for what they did in leading us this morning. Um, Awesome, awesome job. Thank you to all you guys. It's, it's been great to get to know you guys last night and, um, and then again today. Um, and like I said, I'm just excited to be here with you. Um, and if you happen to get the, um, the bio on me, I just want to address the elephant in the room. Yes, my church has not updated the picture on the profile in about four years. So the beard was a lot shorter then. Um, it's a little bit longer now, but I'm loving Colorado because I think it's like part of state law for somebody to have a beard in Colorado. It seems like everybody I'm meeting is like, nice beard, man. I'm like, nice beard, man. I like it. I like it. Um, it's not as many of the, the beards in Florida, but um, I'm, just, I'm just excited to be here with you guys and, and to share with you guys about, about worship this morning. And um, I've titled this message today, It's a Journey. Um, because as we'll discover in God's word, um, what we think about worship so many times, we make it so much smaller than what God wants it to be. Um, and so we, we make it a moment in time. We make it a song. We make it, we make it this little thing. And it can be powerful in that moment, but God's view of it is so much bigger than, than what we, what we kind of boil it down to in our minds. And so... Um, I just want to ask this morning, I'm, I'm kind of an audience participation person, so just, um, just off the top of your heads, if you want to yell it out to me, like, when you think of the word worship, um, what does that mean to you? What, uh, what does worship mean to you, and what do you think of when you hear that word? Anybody want to, it can be a word or a phrase, but what? Praise, praise okay. What was that? Us time? All right, you and God time, I like it, I like it, us time. Anybody else? Loud, bow, bow, okay. Anybody else? Dancing, so we got bowing and dancing, I like it. And fellowship, awesome. Some of the words that come to my mind are surrender. You know, so many times in worship we come to that moment of surrender. Um, you know, and, and I love that you guys mentioned um, bowing and dancing, because so many times our, um, our bodies can't help but reflect what God's doing inside of us. And we respond to him differently in the moments that we have with him. Um, but, uh, you know, those, those times are so awesome and they're so, so intimate. And uh, the us time, as we talked about, is, is so delicate. And, and uh, just that time of devotion to him. 
And I've got a definition I want to throw up for you guys. It's kind of a definition that we have at Bridgepoint for worship. And um, we're going to go into it a little bit and kind of discover what it means to really, for worship to really be more of a journey in our lives and today. Um, but the first part of this is, is, is recognizing who God is. You know, when we come to our moment in worship where we actually have a moment with God, you know, Pastor Derek spoke about Moses meeting with God where he said, I am who I say I am, I am. And we sing about that when we sing the great I am, but having a view of God that is exactly who he says he is. He's holy, he's worthy. We come to that moment so many times and what do we do? It's that moment of surrender, it's the... I'm here. Yeah, and I just recognize who you are, how big you are, how awesome you are, how grand you are. When you think that God is big enough that he created the heavens and the earth, but yet he created each and every one of us, and he knows what we need right now in this moment from him. The vastness of who he is. So that recognizing who God is, but it's also understanding who we are. And, you know, we, we sang the song, The Simple Gospel, and um, I might have to ask Jared to help me with the bridge of it because we haven't led that song. But it talks about, I've been, um, we're, the, there's a pre-course in that. Where are you at, Jared? Oh, okay, he's teaching. I like that. Pulling double duty. Awesome. You're putting him to work. Um, but it talks about, I've been told that I'm not good enough. You know, our view of ourselves so many times is what other people or into us. You know, but when we understand who we are in light of God, then we have, we have a moment. And it's true, we're all sinners. Paul talks about it. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But when we recognize who God is, and we understand who we are, and by when I say we, I mean the you that nobody knows except you and God. When you recognize who you are in that, and how we do fall short, of his glory, then this third part comes into play. We then begin to celebrate the difference. So when we have a recognition of who God is, an understanding of who we are, and then we, ha- we are able to be celebrating the difference because what are we doing? We're celebrating the gap. We're celebrating Jesus. Because as we read, God is, he's holy, and we are not. But we need Christ. We need Jesus in our lives. And um, so we define worship at our church as, as this, recognizing who God is, understanding who we are, and celebrating the difference. Because when we do that, we truly worship Him. And I know you guys have just wrapped up a mul- multiplicity of ministry series where you've been talking about your process here, your start, connect, serve, give. Um, worship is weaved all in that. Worship is weaved in every single aspect of that. You know, when we start, maybe today, you came here today, and when I talk about Jesus, or we talk about knowing the great I am, and we talk about understanding, the, celebrating the difference between who God is and who we are, you don't really, maybe you don't connect with that. You don't really know what that means. Then maybe today you need to start by just simply, simply accepting the love that Jesus has for you. Accepting him as your, in your life Um, as your personal Lord and Savior, um, maybe that's the start for you. Maybe it's that you need to to step out of your comfort zone and and connect with other people and get in a life group or 
or get, get in community with people, um, you know, maybe that's the, the, the next for you. Maybe it's serving. You know, this team gives so much time. So many, I met Brad who came in earlier and was help setting out the communion elements. And you have some awesome volunteers and servants in this church. But how many of us just come and sit and soak and leave? Whereas if we would, we would actually give in that giving of ourselves and that serving other people, we get to worship him. We get to glorify him. I want to read for you guys a scripture verse that I really believe, just, just for me, is, is kind of the verse when it comes to understanding worship in light of who God is. Um, and it comes in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And uh, I'm going to be reading out of the NIV version here. Um, and feel free to read along with me. It'll be on the screens or in your copy of scripture. But it says this. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy... To offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Now when I read that scripture, therefore, um, those kind of words are so important. Therefore. So many times we skip over it, but just in case you didn't know, Paul wrote the book of Romans. And, um, you know, I I love Paul because he was a messed up guy that Jesus just radically changed, and I I relate to that. Um, But in the first 11 chapters of Romans, Paul basically is just proving that Jesus is who he says he is. He's just wanting the people of Rome to know that Jesus is exactly who he says he is. And then in chapters 12 through the end of the, the book, He's basically telling them what to do with that understanding of who Jesus is. And so he says, therefore, in light of everything else I've said in the previous 11 chapters, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, what? In view of God's mercy, recognizing who God is, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, Offer your bodies. In the ESV version, it actually says to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Um, you know, when we, when we think about that, this goes back to Old Testament and, and how they sacrificed and gave burnt offerings and, and those kind of things in the, in the, in the Hebrew culture. Um, but when we think about presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, that's, a, that's understanding who we are and just being able to say, God, I'm here and I want to give... I want to give myself to you. And then it goes on to say holy and pleasing to God. In ESV, this also says, um, it says acceptable to God. Holy and acceptable to God. Um, This is your true and proper worship. In other versions, it says your spiritual worship. I just love this because to me, this, this lines out. The whole idea of recognizing who God is, understanding we are, who we are, and then our true, and pers- our true and proper worship, giving it to God, just celebrating what we have in light of who he is. Um, I want to read this out of the message version because I, I just think the way it says it um, just puts it into this whole idea of worship being more than just a song, worship being more than just a moment in time. 
Um, so let's, you can read along with me on the screen, but this is the message version. It says, so here's what I want you to do. Can you be more blunt than that? God helping you. Why? Because we can't do it in and of ourselves. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. I just love the way that that writes in that version of Scripture. And so many times when I, um, when I do speak, um, I speak out of the message version because I usually speak to um, like our youth and our younger, and it just kind of, it resonates with them a little bit more um, in that, that copy of Scripture. But I want you to know today that no matter what you came in with, and no, no matter how... Um, how God's been moving in your life or what you've been dealing with. I think one thing's true for all of us. We all want to be a part of something. We all want to be a part of something bigger than us. We want to know that our life matters. And, um, and I want you to know today that your life matters. If you walk out of here today with nothing else, know this. God loves you and you matter to him. One way of thinking of this, and we say this to our teams each and every week, um, we say it this way. We say that everyone has a story, and every story matters to God. You have a story, and your story matters. And you have the ability to bring what you have in Christ and what he's given you to him and worship him through that. And that's the truth of what worship is. Your story matters. And there are moments in our lives, we've been... Uh, Pastor Derek and I have been talking about this uh, this weekend. There are moments in our lives that are pivotal moments that God lays out. I want to share a couple of those with y'all, share a little bit of my story a little bit today. I actually grew up in um, Montgomery, Alabama, um, and I uh, was born and raised there. Grew up playing sports. Um, I sang in the church. Um, my mom sang. My dad ran sound. I grew up in, in a Baptist church, and um, so much so, I was telling the guys last night, so much so that... Um, all of my family, my mom's one of five, and my dad's one of three, and all of my family, minus an aunt who lived in Birmingham, um, and a cousin who lived down near Mobile, went to the same church. Um, and so we, we grew up in the same church. My grandmother, uh, if we didn't make it to church on Sunday morning, she was like keeping count, because we all sat in kind of the same area. If we, if we didn't make it to church on Sunday morning, she, we were going to get a call, and she was going to know whether or not we were sick or what was wrong because we weren't in church that Sunday morning. So I grew up in church, um, but music didn't become a part of that for me until I was in high school. I grew up playing baseball. I grew up playing sports. Um, and then I got cut from my high school baseball team. And uh, pivotal moment in my life um, because I had it all planned out. Anybody else kind of think, can look back in your story and go, I had a moment, I had it all planned out and something happened and all of a sudden, uh, I don't know what to do right now. And uh, so I had a little bit of free time, and um, I had, like I said, I sang, and um, truth be told, um, I, was, uh, I was extremely spiritual. No, I wasn't actually. I learned to play guitar because I was having trouble in the girlfriend department, um, and uh, I figured that might help, it might help with that. And uh, so I picked up guitar and uh, started to learn it, and immediately, um, because of my youth group, I, at that point, I was the only one who played an instrument, so... I learned to, uh, to lead worship as I was learning to play guitar, and uh, 
And God took it, even out of my selfishness and why I picked up guitar, he took it and made it so much more for me as I look back. But that was a pivotal moment in my life and that, that, that happened to me. Fast forward a few years, I had gotten involved with an organization called World Changers, traveled around, um, got to lead worship for summer camps, and uh, talk about being on an island. It was me and acoustic guitar and about five to 700 youth that I would lead worship for and, um, and learned a lot in those days, really got really close to God and actually met um, the pastor of the church that I go to, Tim Whipple. Um, and uh, he offered me a job the first week we met and I turned him down because uh, I had the band and was doing my thing. And, um, but fast forward a few years, I had met my wife in college. We got married and, um, and then uh, we were kind of looking at what was next in our lives together and uh, had another pivotal moment in a summer camp experience with a band member of mine named Matt who uh, we were having, we were at a camp, it was the only camp we had that summer because I, I got married and I didn't want to be away from my wife a ton and I'd been doing construction in Birmingham, Alabama and uh, my wife was working in real estate and um, we had this one camp, and Matt looked at me one night. We had, an, I, talk about crazy, we, a lot of the guys, we hadn't played together in a year. We came together for them this one week, and it was like we picked off right where we left, you know. And um, we're leading worship, and uh, after one of the services one night, Matt just looks at me, and he goes, man, what are you doing? And I said, what do you mean, what am I doing? We're here at the beach, Laguna Beach in Panama City, and... Uh, we're here at the beach, I'm leading worship with you guys, I'm having a good time. He goes, no, what are you doing with your life? And um, I said, well, I'm doing construction, I just got married, I mean, give me a break, bro, I'm trying to figure this thing out, you know? <laughs> and, um, and he said, man, I know you're good with your hands and construction and all that kind of stuff, but you know you were made to do what you're doing here this week. And I, I, it just resonated with me. My wife and I started praying about what was next. I'd been out of college three years and never put a resume together. Um, finally put a resume together and sent it out. And um, I could go into more detail, but God led us to, to St. Petersburg to be a part of Bridgepoint. And at that time, Bridgepoint was a portable church meeting in a high school, about 150 people. Um, I, I'll put it this way. We had uh, about a third of the band that you guys had here this morning. Um, and we just, we've been trusting God all along, and we've seen God move. Um, but one of the things that sunk into me, and I, I hope you have people in your life that can speak into you. I hope you're, you're connecting with people and getting close to people and allowing God to use people to speak into your life. Because Matt changed my life when he challenged me. Because he called me out on what I was not willing to trust God with. See, God had made me a certain way to express to him a certain way, and I wasn't doing that. And um, another pivotal moment when somebody speaks into your life, and somebody, you know, just kind of tells you, hey, I believe God has this for you. And anytime that happens, take it, uh, like I said, immediately me and my wife got together and we started praying. We talked about it with other people. Take counsel in those kind of moments, but have those people that are willing to speak into you. Have those peop willing, people willing to, uh, to call you on, on things in your life. Um, 
But he said something that day that I had uh, known but not really come to understand. And he said, you know you were made to do what we're doing this week. And I think so many times as a people, as we, we don't necessarily know, some of us do, but not all of us know what we're good at and what we're not good at. You know, when it comes to purpose, we may question because there's so many avenues and so many options and God, I could do this or God, I could do this or God, I could do this. Um, and I don't know where to go, and I, I don't really know how you've made me, and I'm just kind of figuring that out. And, and you know, there'll be, there'll be seasons of growth in that, and it's a journey. It's a process of becoming who God wants us to be, really. Um, but I want to do something today that's a little bit of a activity time um, together to help you guys. If maybe you're struggling with what's my purpose in life, what, what has God made me to do, and how has he uniquely made me to worship him. And so um, if you have notes, I know you have some in the, in the notation that you have, or if you have something, a, a pad or something that you keep notes in, um, we're going to do this together. Um, but I want you guys to do this for me. I want you to write down two unique qualities, personal qualities about yourself. So two unique personal qualities about yourself. Um, I see a few people moving. It's all right. It's, it's okay to write in church. We're going we're gonna to do this exercise together. And, um, but I promise you at the end, it'll help you to kind of have an avenue of, of maybe how God made you. Um, because so many times I feel like we know it. It's in us. But we don't, nece- know, we don't necessarily know how to act on it. So what are two unique personal qualities about yourself? So go ahead and jot those down. And then second, I want you to write down two ways that you express these qualities with others. So two ways that you express those unique qualities with other people. And third, I want you to write down two ways that you feel you can make the world a better place. And for instance, I'm going to put it in a sentence. It's kind of hard to go. How do you put down two ways to make the world a better place? But think of this sentence. If the, the world would be, a, would be better if we would blank and blank more. Like if you could fill that in, two ways the world could be a better place. I'm going to walk through these with myself in just a minute. Um, and then we're going to make it into a sentence. So I'm going to go right there. And uh, we're going to do that. I'm going to walk through with you guys what, what I did in filling this out. And it was just kind of mind-blowing to me. This, uh, I walked through this process only, only a few years back, and it's, it just kind of solidified my purpose and how I live out my purpose each and every, each and every day. And uh, the two unique personal qualities I put down as myself, for myself was that I was outgoing and creative. So two personal qualities about myself, outgoing and creative. Two ways that I expressed these qualities with others was encouraging and engaging. So kind of, you know, that, that outgoing person engaging with other people, encouraging other people in their walks or in their lives. Um, just ways that I express those qualities naturally. And then two ways to make the world a better place. I said if we would just love each other more and serve each other more, the, better, the world would be a better place. So when I made that into a sentence, here's what I came out with. I use my outgoing creativity to engage and encourage others in a life of love and service. And so 
if you, if you write this down, you may not have time to go through it. You may want to think about it a little bit, kind of, kind of chew on it later on this week. But then the last thing I want you to do is I want you to rewrite it because you can kind of rewrite it into more of a mission statement, like personal mission statement. And mission statements are important. Um, you know, what, you guys have a mission statement here at Gateway, right? I, do, do, can I give them a test? Is this, is this cool? Can, what's, what's the mission statement here at Gateway? Awesome. Loving God, loving others, and making disciples. I love it. It's simplicity. But what does it do? It propels us forward. We're together on a mission and a vision. So a mission statement can give you purpose. It gives you power. It brings people together. Well, when we think about that as our individual, in our individual lives, when we have a personal mission statement, then we get the opportunity to live out our life with power, how God's created us to live and to walk with him. And so when I rewrote it, this is what I came with. It said, creatively engage and lovingly encourage people to serve one another. And so I got to the end of that and I went, that's my mission statement. That's my purpose. What's funny about that is that's not playing guitar. That's not singing a song. That's, that's how I live my life out in light of how God made me to minister to other people. We have a uh, kind of a worship philosophy of ministry that I want to share with you guys. And this kind of came from this a further exercise of this mission statement aspect of things. But it's, um, it's this. It's I'm a child of God first. You know what I said earlier about you are loved by God? I want you to know that you're a child of God, that he loves you. And when I dove into that, you know, when I, when I, when I look at... At my personal mission statement, you know, I'm acting out of what I know that I am. I'm engaging with other people. I'm loving other people. I'm encouraging other people out of what God has done in my life. Knowing that I'm a child of God, first and foremost. Second, as we look at a people and as I looked at myself in light of this, I minister to people second. That's, that's my purpose. I, I, I know that I am a child of God, and then I minister to people. And lastly, and you can fill in this blank with whatever is best for you, but I'm a worship leader third. So when it comes to our worship philosophy at Bridgepoint, this is what we live by. For those of us that are on stage and leading, but I want to put this in perspective for even you guys that serve, you know, the, the ones right now that are in with the, the kids, you know, they're caring for the next generation. They're pouring into them. Out of what? Out of an understanding that they're, they're a child of God and that our children need to know God, right? You know, and that what are they doing? They're ministering to these kids. You guys, every time that somebody shows up and you're in the parking lot waving at somebody or you're handing out a bulletin or you're greeting somebody or you're coming to set up chairs, all of that serving, all of that giving of ourselves is worship, but it comes out of understanding that knowing that we are loved by God and, um, and that we're called to minister to people. I want to close out with a verse of scripture that kind of became my life verse um, and then share a, kind of a, just a big idea with you guys today. But um, I was actually at a world changer camp. I was in North Carolina 
and um, I was reading God's word, and I had multiple opportunity or multiple experiences with God in my walk where I had times where I asked God for something and then he showed up in a way that was amazing and, and then just really humbled me in his grace in my life. Um, maybe you can relate to that, that you've seen God show up in your life. But I was reading this scripture, I was reading through the Psalms and I read this verse and I got done with that verse and I said, God, that's me. That's my prayer. That's, that's, that's what I want. And if, 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 I can just, if I can just have that in my life, you in my life in that way, then, then I'm yours. And um, I don't know if you have a verse like that in Scripture that just jumps at you, but kind of kind of becomes your life verse. Um, but this became mine. I'm going to read it out of the ESV, but it says, One thing... Have I asked of the Lord that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple? And for some reason, that verse just stuck out to me. And just this past November, I was reading back over the Psalms and I was actually at a retreat and I was just, they said to go get away and we're in the middle of the woods in California. Um, Northern California, beautiful out that way. But we're in the middle of all these redwoods and everything, and I just started reading through the Psalms, and this verse jumped back out at me. And, and God just reiterated in this verse how me as a worship leader and us as a people trusting God in worship, that it's so much more than what we make it. It's so much bigger. And, and that if we would just give ourselves to him, that, that it is... As, as his grace is, it is as far as the east is from the west. If our people, if our churches would just come together and give of themselves and, 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 and trust God with what they have and bring that together, then let God bless that. Then he takes it and he makes it so much more. Um, but that whole idea of past, present, and future came out in this verse for me. Because if you look at the tenses of the words, it says, One thing I have asked... That's past tense. God, I've asked for it in my life. The psalmist here is saying, God, I, I'm prayed about this. I've asked you for this in my life. Do you have stuff that you're asking God for? That you're asking him to show up in a big way? You're asking him to move? Because we won't have if we don't ask. But we ask it. And I had a moment in my life in that with World Changers where, where I asked for an opportunity to be on a stage. And in asking, I thought to myself, God, I'm not good enough right now, but maybe one day I'll be good enough. Fast forward just a couple years, I was standing on that stage, and guess what? The same guy with the same problems needed the same grace from a Savior. But I asked for it, and he gave it to me anyway knowing that I didn't measure up, knowing that I needed him in my life. But have you asked for it? Then it goes next and it says, that I seek. That's present tense. That means we're working towards it. Not only have I asked God for it, but I'm working towards it in my life. Whatever that is, fill in the blank with that for your life, but what are you seeking God for today that you asked him for yesterday? And then the next words say, that I may 
dwell. So when it comes to our lives, when it comes to our worship, when it comes to how God uniquely wired you in light of your purpose, what have you asked him for yesterday that you're seeking today, that you're trusting him for today, that you know and you pray and you hope he's going to show up for tomorrow? And that could be something heavy. I have an aunt right now that's battling cancer, really bad. She just went off of chemo. She's got about three to six months. But you know what? I see Jesus in her. And the time she has here, she's going after him. And she's taking every opportunity that she has that she feels good to have conversations with people and tell them about a God that she loves that, that loves her because she knows she's a child of God. I want to close with this big idea today. And it says this. When we understand who we are in Christ, we are able to live out our faith confidently and worship Him everywhere we go in everything we do. When we truly put God first, we worship Him in everything we do. Why? Because we know it's not what we're doing that we're worshiping. It's the God that allowed what we're doing to move us through. So when we have that picture of God, when we recognize who he is, when we understand who we are, then we're able to celebrate Jesus and the life that he gives us. We're able to celebrate what he's done for us, knowing that he's moved in our lives, knowing that we can trust him, and that we can trust the process that he's laid out for us. Because what? We're all in the process of becoming. A journey is something that we're always on. We all have something to learn. We all have ways that we can grow. And so I want to encourage you guys today, in light of where you've been this last month, where are you on that process? Have you started? Have you done something? Are you connecting? I've gotten to know this band just last night. Their names, their families, their stories a little bit. Do you come in here and do you take opportunities during the week to learn a name and a story? Why? Because their name matters. They're a child of God. He knows them. Their story matters. Why does their story matter? Because we know our story matters, right? You know, are we, are we taking that opportunity to connect? Are we serving out of the gifting that we have? God's wired each and every one of us uniquely different to serve him, to worship him through that service. And then are you giving of yourself? Are you, are you giving in the mission and the vision of this church? Why? Because God created the church to be his vessel on reaching the kingdom. Be a part of it. Get in with it. Put your trust in it. I started tithing when I was in college. And it completely changed the way I viewed the world. The way I viewed finances. At Bridgepoint, we say it this way when we talk about giving. We say that invested people invest in people. Are you making an investment? 
I'm going to ask Darcy to come up and, and just play a little bit on the piano here as I pray and as I close this out, and then I'll turn it back over to Pastor Derek. But I would love for you guys just to bow your heads. We want to just keep, create a little moment of space this morning where we can just get alone with God. And God, I just want to ask you in this moment that as we come before you, that you would help us to know when we come to you that we are loved by you, that we are a son or a daughter of God. God, and that, we, that you've wired us a certain way with a purpose, with a mission to help us reach people, to touch lives, to minister people as we're becoming who you want us to be. So God, when we look at worship, I pray that you would open our eyes to something that's bigger than a song. The song is beautiful because the song connects us with you. We get our us time. But God, are we living that out in our everyday lives? Are we offering ourselves as a living sacrifice to you? So God, I just want to pray this morning over the faces and the people that I see in this room. God, I want to pray over Gateway that you would do an amazing work in them as they come together as the body of Christ, relying on each other, building each other up, supporting each other, and being a witness to the people that they come in contact with each and every day at their schools, at their work, God, with their family and friends that don't know you. Help us to be a light. Help us to be hope. And God, most of all, I pray right now that if there's anyone in this room that doesn't know you, that doesn't know what it means to celebrate the gap between you and us in light of who Jesus is, that you would speak to their hearts and that you would help them to accept you as their Lord and Savior, that they would discuss that with either Pastor Derek or one of the other pastors on staff, God, that, that they want to know you. God, we just thank you for all you're doing, for all you've done, and for all you're going to do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can you give him a hand clap? honor the word that God spoke. Thanks, Michael. Really appreciate it. You know, last night when I was up here with the worship team and Michael was working with them uh, right before, uh, and I kind of left them to their thing, but before I did, I, you know, I just, when I see people step up to serve like that, I understand it's Christ that's prompting them to do that. I get that I come and ask you, hey, would you do this? Um, but, you know, that's what God's called leadership to do is to inspire others and to help them recognize that Jesus is calling all of us. Amen. And I said to him, I wonder what it was like for the disciples who had been passed over by all the other rabbis because they just didn't measure up to what a rabbi was looking for and enter Jesus, the rabbi. Come on, somebody. 
And all of a sudden, he picks these guys that have been passed over. And I want you to picture that, that, that you're here, that somehow you heard the call of God, because that's what the book of Acts says that Peter declared on the day of Pentecost is that this promise is to you and all who are far off, all who will call on the name of God, that all who he has called to come and that God calls us. And when he calls us, he calls us with purpose for a purpose. And so I said to him, I said, just, just picture yourself. I mean, there was 11 of us and I made 12. So 12 from gateway, a team of 12, all of us have heard Jesus call us. What would it look like if every single one of us recognized the gifts that God has given us and the fact that Jesus came calling on us? Can you say amen? You're important. I like what he said. You're important to God. And your story does matter. You got to share it. And what motivates us to share it more than anything is to know that Jesus came calling. And not only did he come calling, but he also uh, sends us. And he sends us with that story. Amen. So today as we go, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. And Lord, may we go and share our story with others. Lord, they might uh, see you, Lord, in our testimony. As your word declares that we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Hey, bless you. Enjoy the weather out there today.